Paging Dr. Randy. Paging Dr. Randy. I just got on call and they're paging me already. They want me to do work as soon as I get to work. Come on, let's go. Yes, you, come on. Well, I'm Dr. Randy, nice to meet you. I'm a licensed family medicine physician. Since you're on call with me today, I want to make sure you learn as much as possible. Me and a few of my special friends are here to give you all the tips and info you need to live a balanced, healthy life. Are you ready to be on call with me? I hope so. So let's get it going. Our shift starts right now. Welcome back, healthy people, to On Call with Dr. Randy. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter C. And C stands for consistency because we have brought you three episodes in a row. And that is consistency. Um, C also stands for cookie. Get out of here, Cookie Monster. Okay, me go get cookie by myself. Hey, hey, save me a snickerdoodle. Save me a snickerdoodle. Okay, thanks. On this week's episode, we have Davy Rickenbacker. Davy is a program manager for the Center for Disease Control, also known as the CDC. So, of course, I'm bringing him on to discuss working for the CDC during the pandemic. Nah, I'm not doing that at all. I'm bringing him on to discuss his time on Survivor. Yes, the TV show Survivor. We talk about how he got on the show, how it affected him mentally and physically. He lost a lot of weight and how he was able to influence more diverse staff on the show after being on it. This is going to be a fun interview with my frat brother. So let's go on call with Davey Rickenbacker. So what's up, healthy people? We have Davey Rickenbacker on On Call with Dr. Randy. What's good, bro? Yes, sir. What's up, Nope, man? Good to see you <laughs> out here in these podcast streets. I am very thankful to be here talking with you today. <laughs> Appreciate you for being on. So for those who don't know, we're both men of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, yo, yes. Yo, yo, yes. Yo, so to the Noops. Wonder- As a matter of fact, our, uh, my, my, my um, chapter's charter day was yesterday. So shout out to the uh, any Lighthouse Noops listening to right now. <laughs> okay, that's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. Happy anniversary to y'all, too. Appreciate it. So I want to have Davey on to talk about his time of him being on Survivor. He was okay. on season, I think it was 37? Yep, yep, um, season 37. Uh, Survivor. It was in Fiji, correct? Yeah, man, season 37, uh, David versus Goliath. We were in Fiji, but, you know, most of the seasons are in Fiji now. You know, back in the day, Survivor used to go to China, Africa, so-and-so, but when they got around to season uh, 29, that's when they realized it was a bit of a tax write-off and they could just stay in Fiji. So, yeah, <laughs> we we just been in Fiji for the, the last 10 or some years now. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize that. I, I yep. kind of casually watched from a distance and I always mm-hmm. thought that they were choosing different destinations. But I guess that tax write-off, you can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. As a matter of fact, dude, I don't know if you want this story now, but um, I've got a funny story about me and Fiji and Survivor and the CDC uh, whenever we get to it. <laughs> OK, OK, we'll come back to that story later. Okay. So right. I mean, what made you get on the show? Is this something that you always wanted to do? You've been watching since you were a kid. Man. You needed to go there and get a tax write off for yourself. Like what, <laughs> what made you <laughs> get on Survivor? <laughs> 
man, I'm telling you, dude, you know, when you're growing up and you hear that uh, that representation matters, you don't think anything of it. But then when you get to a point in your life where you can pay it forward and you can see where it's brought you, then you know that it's done something for you. So um, when I was about uh, uh, actually, let me not try to name what uh, age I was, but I know it was like grade <laughs> school. And, um, you know, I'm from Orangeburg, South Carolina, which is a uh, uh, predominantly black town uh, in uh, South Carolina. We've got two HBCUs there, South Carolina State University and Claflin University are both there. And um, uh, my, mine and my family were at church one Sunday. And uh, during the church announcements, you know, those black church announcements, they'll, you'll hear a lot of stuff in there. During our church announcements, uh, our pastor told us or whoever was reading the announcements told us that we had a member from our congregation that was going to be on the reality show Survivor. And I'm like, uh, okay, I've never heard of that show um, um, because this maybe have been about the fourth season that it was going on. And, you know, I didn't watch a lot of TV back then. Um, you know, I was more into video games and stuff. But um, this woman who was going on Survivor just so happened to be one of my mom actually happened to be her boss. And my mom was a uh, guidance counselor for the uh, school district district there and this woman was attending South Carolina State to become a goddess counselor so I'm like mom um let's check out this show so dude we checked out the show uh whatever Wednesday or Thursday whatever day it was on back then and I just fell in love with the show man um you know seeing people out there in the wild I'm a country boy from South Carolina I'm like you know I could do that I could win that challenge the only thing was the woman that went out there, she didn't do too hot. <laughs> so, mm, so she wasn't out there representing South Carolina hey, too Right, long, sure. right, dude. She didn't do too hot. And you know what? I don't I won't even blame her because back in those days, you know, on reality TV, you'd see maybe one or two black people and about 80 white people out there. And mm -hmm. and that that stuff can put you at a disadvantage. I'm happy to say that it's gotten a little better now. But um, so she didn't too do too hot, but just because seeing her out there and, you know, her getting on the show, I always said in the back of my mind, oh, man, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to win that one day. So, hey, man, that, that's that's all she wrote. Just been a fan since day one. <laughs> okay, that's good, man. You took that as a dream as a kid. Most people kind of just say that and just keep it moving. But you actually made it into a reality. So tell me a little bit about the process, what it took for you to get actually on the show to turn mm -hmm. that dream into a reality. Absolutely. Well, man, things have gotten easier over time when it comes to, excuse me, applying for these types of things, because back in that time, you know, you had to have a cassette player and, and record your audition tape to go on the show. But now we all got iPhones, so it makes it a little more simpler. Um, not all of us team. <laughs> are you team Android? Team Android. Oh, man. <laughs> don't judge me. Whoever's listening. I don't care what color my bubble pops up on your phone. Y'all update your contacts and y'all lose like 300 numbers. So leave me alone. Team Android all the way. Yeah, look, dude, you, you definitely right. Uh, Android does have his pros because yeah. so those if you cameras. Want to sponsor Samsung. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So, um, 
So, you know, I always knew that I wanted to apply for the show after I finished my school, my schooling. So, you know, I went to Tuskegee University um, and uh, I received my bachelor's in environmental sciences. Then I went back and I got my master's in public health. And directly from, you know, getting my master's in public health, I landed, uh, God blessed me with a job at the Center for Disease Control here in Atlanta, Georgia. So I was working at uh, a division called the MMWR. I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. We were the voice of the CDC, basically the magazine of the CDC, uh, the journal of the CDC. And there was a lot of downtime in this position. <laughs> and one day I might have been scrolling on the Internet. I hope none of my coworkers are uh, listening to this. <laughs> on and, his lunch break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On my lunch break. There we go. And a pop up pops up. It's like we've got a um, casting call for Survivor here in Atlanta. Um, it was going to be at the Wild Safari place, which is not actually in Atlanta, Um but it's like closer to LaGrange. And um, have you ever heard of that? It's like the place where you you get in a vehicle and the animals can come up to you while you oh, drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there once. I've been yep. there once. You can get yep. in the Jeep and you can uh, like, yep. feed the giraffes yep. and all yep. kind of things. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. So I was like, okay, well, hey, man, um, this might be heaven sent. Let's go ahead and go out there. And um, so I went out there by myself. Uh, I was like one of the only uh, black guys out there, you know, which was expected. Um, I had a on black my- man driving to the <laughs> south end of the outskirts of Atlanta, oh, Georgia, right? To go to a <laughs> safari area, right? right. Oh man, you just right. setting so, yourself up for the worst dude, Jordan Peele movie. As <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say, sound like the next episode of uh, Donald Glover's Atlanta, huh? <laughs> oh man, did you bring your freedom papers? Did you leave them at home? <laughs> But no, I was familiar with this area because, you know, you got to drive through this area to get to Tuskegee. So it wasn't too, you know, uh, 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 dangerous for me. So okay. I get out there um, and there's a long line. Um, I, you know, I, I wasn't out there too late. So I was kind of in the middle. And when I finally get up to the front, I'm thinking I'm about to be interviewed. I think I'm about to get asked questions. No, it was not. They basically put you in front of a camera. And they say, okay, go. I'm like, what? No instructions, no anything. They're just like, tell us about yourself. And that's it. So you just got to, so I just, you know, I kind of just do what I do, you know, regularly told them where I was from. Uh, I didn't, I tried to be funny here and there, but basically I bombed that freaking uh, casting call. And I say that to say, I don't think casting calls are the way. And that was my wake up to say, Davey, you know, if you're serious about doing this, you need to be intentional in your meetings and you need to make a casting tape. And that's when I got my iPhone buddies together and we recorded the uh, uh, the casting tape, man. And um, lo and behold, sent that thing in within a week, within a week, dude, they called me and they're like, Davey, uh, we like you and we want to fly you to L.A. <laughs> so what did you have on this casting tape that you feel like just caught their attention so much when they called you back so fast dude so like in the first 15 seconds and and this is something if anyone's listening and you're wanting to apply to a reality show the first 15 seconds in your casting tape will make you or break break you so the first 15 seconds i'm like i'm um 
I don't know if you've ever been to this park, Sweetwater. It's out by Six Flags. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm out there with my dog, my Siberian Husky, and I've got him running in front of me. And I've got, you know, sleeveless shirts. I got a machete on my side. And then my friend says, uh, action. And I'm like, uh, what did I say? I'm David Rickenbacker from Orangeburg, South Carolina, and I'm your next survivor. And then I howled, and then my dog howled with me. So uh, you can imagine okay. you <laughs> a black a guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Um, but yeah, man, for the rest of my tape, you know, um, uh, I, I cosplay, which I'm sure you know, but for your listeners, I cosplay, I do voice acting. I'm, you know, a bit of a blurred, which is a black nerd for people who haven't heard of it. You know, I showed them a little bit of my uh, workings with the CDC, showed them some frat life stuff. I showed them, you know, that I know how to swim, <laughs> breaking those stereotypes, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I, I basically just kind of showed them who I was. Um, now, I did have a production major with me, so she helped feed me lines here and there so you know you got a strong support team they'll get you through and dude lo and behold man they they liked me they flew me right out to uh to uh la and we did some vigorous interviews uh for about a week so i kind of had to play hooky for my job but uh, <laughs> we did we did some things out there for a week and um they didn't tell me that i was going to be on the show yet they said um we like you uh you'll hear from us didn't hear from them for about four or five months. Ooh, that's and a then long time. a long time, dude. And then when I finally did hear from them, they said, Davey, we don't think you're going to make it on this season, but we're going to put you down as an alternate. And dude, that was devastating. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, they're telling me that I'm going to be an alternate just because they're not going to pick me. And that's just what they tell people um, when, when, when they don't want to tell them no. They get you with that. You're a really nice guy, but <laughs> there's somebody else out there who's better for me. Exactly. And I, and that's, that's exactly it, dude. I'm like, what better black guy they got out there better than Davy Armstrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out here with a machete. I got a wolf on my side. Who better than me? <laughs> but lo and behold, I, I know now because as I finish the story, the alternate thing did actually work for me because the guy who they had out there was not fit for it and he quit. So two days before the game starts, they call me. They say, Davey, if you're ready, we, we can fly you out here to Fiji. And, dude, I, I mean, I got a strong family support system. I was able to I had to quit the CDC. Um, I was working in global health at that point, which was like kind of the place that I wanted to be in the CDC, but dude, it was like either your dream job or chasing your dream. And I chose my dreams. <laughs> How long was the time period between you getting that alternate call till the call that said that you were going to be on the show? That was probably like a month. Yeah. Okay. So like a month um, in between there. And uh, the guy that they had out there, they chose him because he was a, uh, uh, a ch- one of the children of one of the past players. So that's the only reason he beat me out. But it's okay, okay. because, you know, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. <laughs> How excited were you when you got that call? Dude, I freaking screamed so loud, jumping up and down in the living room. My dog, who 
doesn't know what the heck's going on. He's, he's like, what? Well, are we ready to attack? I'm screaming. I lost my voice so much so that I didn't even have a voice the first few days that I was in Fiji, which really could have ended up biting me in the behind if, if I hadn't got it back when I, when I did. Because, you know, they'll look for any reason to vote your you know what off <laughs> like, we don't like him he don't talk to nobody right like, exactly exactly <laughs> right i lost my voice man so two days before so you didn't really get a chance to like train before going no actually do and that's why you know I, I i was just always training i was just trying to you know um you know i got a little la fitness membership uh i did have a personal trainer at one point so you know i'll kind of just try to stay in it because that's one thing about me, dude, and the power of manifestation. I knew I would always be on this show. It was just a matter of when. So, you know, I just continued to train. And even my mom, she was like, Davey, you know what? I bet I didn't even tell her about the alternate uh, call when they said no, because I just thought it was going to be no. But she was like, I bet they're going to call. I bet they're going to call. Lo and behold, two days they call. So dude, I was just always preparing for it, man. That's, that's the way it's got to be. As a matter of fact, I'm preparing to go back out on some reality tv shows in the future you know i you just don't want to miss a beat i don't have any definite you know plans to do so but you never know when they may call okay so when you go out there what was it like for you day one night one? <laughs> oh man so you know remember when i told you that back in early in the days it was like one black person well, I went into the mindset thinking that I was going to be that one black person. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, there were four black people on my season. There man, were two, four, man. Right. Who invited all of y'all? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, what? Hold on. I got to rethink my game plan because I didn't plan for this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the, for, for your listeners who uh, have never seen Survivor before, the premise is they put uh, 20 strangers on an island. Uh, you've got two teams or three teams, but this season it was two teams. And the theme of my season was David versus Goliath. So the David tribe, which I was a part of, uh, were 10 strangers who, you know, have had to get it out the mud their entire life, you know, have had to work for things, have had to, uh, you know, they maybe have been faced with adversity in their life. They may have been picked on in high school. So I was a part of that tribe. And then there was the Goliath tribe, which was uh, consisting of people who I don't want to say have been privileged, but, you know, they kind of have uh uh you know they they've lived a better lifestyle <laughs> um, born with a silver spoon there we go born with a silver spoon we had an nfl cheerleader over there uh a wcw wrestler uh, uh um um a uh, movie star a hollywood director so uh ceo magazine they had all the people over there so it was like the premise was david's versus goliaths so that first day being out there man um you know, I'm looking around on my tribe and I see that, you know, we, we got some people who may not be as strong as the Goliath's tribe. So I'm a little nervous, you know, I'm thinking we might lose every challenge um, uh, in the beginning of the game. But, dude, it's all about the connections that you make out there. Uh, like I said, I've made some of the best friends that I'll ever make out there on Survivor. And for me, um, you know, growing up in a predominantly black city, going to an HBCU. Um, I had never really had, outside of work, um, much interactions with non-Black people. 
So mm-hmm. this was a, a bit of a culture shock for me. I had to, you know, um, figure out, you know, how to make alliances with people um, where I would normally be able to do so quickly with people who have always been around. But I had to navigate that stuff, man. But, you know, all in all, those first few days worked out better for me than others, because when I got there and I don't know if you ever got a chance to watch yet, but we're on Netflix and we're on Hulu. So if you haven't, then check that out. Um, But the first three days, I caught a freaking octopus, dude. I'm just out in the ocean, walking around, praying to God, God, please send me something so these white folk don't vote my black ass off <laughs> and they know I'm a provider. And lo and behold, I caught an octopus. So those first few days were good for me, man. <laughs> How did you catch an octopus? How did I catch a freaking octopus, dude? Yeah. Honestly, dog, it was the grace of God, man. I really was out there. And that's why I say I, I had some, you know, eye-opening experiences out there, man. Some prophetic things that even happened out there for me, you know? Just talk, I mean, it's like you you trust these people, but these people will also vote you out. So the only person you can really trust, the only person you can really talk to that you know you can depend on was my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I was just always talking to him, man. And I was like, God, dude. And I, I freaking look down. Right after that prayer, I look down. There's a freaking octopus chilling on a freaking stump in the water while I have a spear in my hand. And I was just like, that's it. <laughs> the octopus just having a good day, man. I'm just out here chilling, sunbathing. Man, about to go home and see the wife and kids. Got a day off. Oh, what's up, baby? Oh, no. <laughs> That's you. You sit here for me, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I know the Lord works in mysterious ways, but don't take me out, Lord. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, it was a hell of an experience, dude. Oh, man. So I know you talked about kind of the mindset going out there. You knew that you probably may be one of the few black people and trying to navigate those waters. What was your original game plan going out there from an interaction standpoint? Mm -hmm. Well, my game plan before I realized there were going to be a lot of black people out there and and not just black people, but we had um, some Asian Americans on our season. Uh, We had some Hispanic Americans on our season like our season. Survivor has gotten more diverse since our season, but our season was one of the seasons who were the first to take diversity seriously. So, you know, it wasn't just me and a whole bunch of uh, white people. <laughs> you know, it was it was a, a, a melting pot. Um, this was pre-George Floyd. This was pre-George Floyd. And um, I'll have to tell you a story after I answer this question, um, because the Black Survivor alums, we got together during the wake of George Floyd. And we are the reasons that Survivor is more diverse now. But I'll, I'll get into that a, little, a bit later. Um, but my game plan, you know, going into it was to you know, just be my jovial Davy self, uh, maybe hype it up a little bit for um, uh, different type of audiences, different type of ages, um, you know, play into the token black guy if I need to, you know, whatever I know the cameraman, you know, whatever I know the producers might want because, you know, pleasing the producers is another thing that people don't realize that will help you get further in the game. Um, it's just like in a job, man. If you uh, 
uh, going to the job and you give it your all. And I saying you be a teacher's pet to your boss, but you know, you, you be on your boss's good side, things are going to look up for you. So, you know, I kind of just had that mindset going into it. Um, uh, on the David tribe, I might've been maybe the, uh, biggest guy there. So I knew they needed me in the challenges, uh, in the beginning. So I just tried to perform well in it as, as well in the challenges as possible, you know, always, you know, uh, gathering firewood, always out there trying to fish. Although the only thing we did catch those, that whole time I was there was the octopus, um, you know, trying to make fire where I could. And most importantly, just trying to build bonds with people, man. Um, and not in a schemey way, like uh, I'm only talking to you because I want you to uh, help me get far in Survivor. But, you know, finding out about people's lives, you know, finding out about their loved ones back home, finding out about what they do for a living. You know, it's, it's really a lot like if you would approach your daily life at work, for me, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you were having legitimate conversations with some of the other contestants, trying to get to know them from a personal standpoint. Absolutely, man. The first, the the my closest uh, ally in the game actually ended up. Spoiler alert: one, two, three, four, five. Actually ended up, <laughs> actually ended up winning the game. Um, and uh, we bonded over the fact that, and this is a white boy. We bonded over the fact that his fraternity's name was Kappa Chi or something like that. Okay. And I was like, okay. bro, we both Kappas, man. <laughs> <laughs> So we just bonded over, you know, being young frat boys. And, uh, you know, he was from Kentucky. I was from down south. And, and we really just linked really good like that. But, yeah, man, always just talking to people. And, and you know, you never know what you may have in common with anyone until you, uh, you know, say those words to them. All right. All right. So kind of go back to the octopus thing, because I'm assuming you, y'all have to eat. You have to get <laughs> nutrients to stay healthy yeah. during this whole aspect. I mean, this is a health podcast. So I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about what were you doing nutrient wise? And was the show giving y'all a little bit of food on the side? <laughs> if y'all look like y'all are skin and bones, <laughs> were you out there eating crickets? What did you do to get all your nutrients? Right. There's uh, you let you let the audience tell it um they think we're filmed in a hollywood studio but anyway <laughs> but no nah, man um survivor is really conscious about you know their players in the game and the health of their players in the game um so with the octopus um first of all before the game starts they give us a manual that tells you the type of animals that you can and cannot kill, the types of plants that you can and cannot eat, the types that are poisonous. So you do have to go to school, so to say, before the game starts because they want you to be safe as possible. They don't want to die. I mean, they don't want you to die because, you know, you're going to sue them. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, even, like, do the poisonous berries <laughs> come in threes or twos? <laughs> right. Dude, as a matter of fact, whenever you're watching the show and sometimes they'll cut to a snake, and sometimes they'll cut to a lion or something like that. That stuff's not out there. That's just B-roll that they're using from wherever they were. Um, but here's that beer, bill collectors calling me, thinking I won a million dollars on Survivor. But um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, so you know they have you go through that course in the beginning. Um, and the producers are always on standby. So if if by chance they saw that catching that octopus that it wasn't safe they wouldn't have let us eat it again they wouldn't have 
given us anything either, but you know, we would have still had to uh, find it for ourselves. Um, another thing is, there's a thing out there called the mailbox, which we would have to say on camera, it would be called the coconut tree or the grove or something. And you have a med box if you're taking pills, if you're taking medication, um, you're allowed to, of course, take that stuff out there. Um, you know, the women have to do their thing out there. So they have that stuff in the med box. Um, they have a package for each of us daily where we'll have to... Uh, take some type of, I'm not even sure what it was, but it was probably my uh, favorite meal of the day because it was sugary and sweet and we would put it in our uh, water bottles. Um, they made it sure that we were drinking up to a gallon of water a day. So yeah, they, the Survivor is hard, it's grueling, but you can trust the, you, you can trust the um, production department to make sure you're going to be okay. Um, at one point in the game, I had made it so far where um, I noticed that all of our coconuts were gone. And so we went to a challenge and then we came back and there's coconuts everywhere. So I'm pretty sure they bought those coconuts for us. <laughs> they just didn't say that. Um, uh, they give us a bag of a big bag of rice that's supposed to last us uh, uh, so, so many days. And um, there's always opportunities for us to uh, win food on on the rewards that we go into. Um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, part of me went on Survivor 2 to lose a little bit of weight. And I lost 36 pounds while I was out there, dude. 36 and I was out there for 36 days, which means I lost a pound a day. <laughs> man, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. How grueling was it to do some of those challenges when you're not at your healthiest as far as nutrient-wise, energy-wise, strength-wise? How challenging was it for you? Yeah, man. That that stuff was not easy. Um, like I said, they take you, they take your uh, health very seriously. So before and after each challenge, we all see the show's doctor um, individually, one by one. We let them know if we're having any issues. Which uh, this is probably what I'll talk about uh, for the hardest thing for me whenever you, whenever we get to that question. Um, but you know, they make sure that you're 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 good to go in the challenges. But dude, even just sitting down and standing up, you would feel lightheaded because you're only eating like once a day. It's definitely not healthy, <laughs> the ideal healthy lifestyle, but mm -hmm. your body can do it. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. Well, yeah, actually, I would recommend it because we need more black folk out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just it's just one of those things that's mind over matter, man. Um, you know, and, and you see the people who were before you that have done it and have done it well. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> the, the caveat is you could win a million dollars out there. So, yeah, man. But those challenges. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say any of the challenges were particularly too hard for me, um, but for okay, a, a lot boss. <laughs> <laughs> but for a lot of people, yeah, uh, there would there would be people who would, you know, get lightheaded and have to sit down for a while and we would have to stop the challenges um, there. We didn't have too many water challenges, um, but, you know, they made sure that all of us were able to swim before we went out there. And, and, and even if we were a beginner level swimmer, 
they've got so many people in the water during those challenges. There's no way that they, there can be any type of mishap out there, dude. You like I was shell shocked when I first went out there the first day and we get on the on this boat and there's like a million cameramen out there, man. Like there's no way there's going to be any type of accidents on that show. They they do not want to be sued for that. <laughs> so what were some of the challenges that y'all had to do? Um, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we did a lot of puzzle challenges. Uh, we did some relay races here and there. Um, a lot of, uh, we, we did one swimming, uh, challenge that ended up in a basketball showdown, which just so happened that me and, uh, the only other brother left in the game, my boy, Carl, we happened to be on the same team. So, you know, we dominated that one. <laughs> y'all better had <laughs> I said, look, I said that in my confession, I was like, if we didn't win that, they were going to take our black cards, man. (laughs) Man, definitely. Y'all both would have got voted off so easily. But I'm going to make you laugh. How about, do you know what the prize was for this challenge? I don't, I I, I hope it's not chicken. It was fried, it was fried chicken and beer. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh man, y'all out here. One step forward, two steps back. Man, y'all out here hooping for the colonel. Man, he's sitting there watching y'all. Look at him. Look at him. Balling for my chicken. Right. <laughs> oh, man. oh man. But yeah, man, um, there was another challenge, and I'm just spoiling the whole show at this point. But hopefully your listeners will still uh circle back and give it a listen, man. Um, there was one sound uh challenge that was a uh, words word relay race where we had to go through a series of racing um balance being climbing things uh tie untying knots and then the person that makes it to the end you have to uh make make a word um and i got to the end there man and uh I, my my the the only other brother on the side he he came up with some uh uh a seven letter word that was not the word, but it clued me in on, um, you know, some syllables because I play a lot of Scrabble. My mom had us playing Scrabble when we were younger, you know, with the words with friends generation. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get it, man. And the thing that was so special about that challenge is not the fact that, you know, um, I won it, which, of course, I'm happy that I won that challenge. But I thought the special thing was about you know, changing perspectives of this, this show is a, is, is a predominantly, um, the audience is predominantly white. So when you see these uh, young black men who are breaking stereotypes, able, able to swim, you know, out here uh, killing it in word puzzles, I'm sure we'll, we're debunking some stereotypes in uh, uh, non-black people's minds. And I just think that's, that's something that's just so beautiful, man. And, you know, not even just, you know, the adult minds, but the kid minds as well. And that's why it sounds cliche, dude, but representation, man, representation in all forms of human endeavor go very far. Right, right. Before going out there, do you did you realize that may happen? You breaking down those stereotypes that other individuals may have of you as a mm-hmm. black individual? Absolutely, dude. That's something. So I've always been a fan of reality shows, not just Survivor, but uh the real world was a big one I was into. Um, you know, the challenge was a big one I was into when I was younger. Um, I've even watched some uh, of, the, of the other ones like America's Next Top Model here and there. And I would see, you know, they would 
they would they would not represent us well all the time. And I don't know if that was even them doing it or maybe the way that production worked back then. They wanted to steamroll black people into certain roads, into certain stereotypes. So that was a goal of mine going out there, man, is shifting the conversation. I wanted to uh, debunk stereotypes about black people, but I also wanted to debunk stereotypes about being a nerd because I was out there as the blurred and I wanted to show them that, you know, you can be athletic, you can you can provide for people and you can debunk all those things. And 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 although I did not win the million dollars because I did those things, it was definitely a fulfilling experience for me. You feel like the whole atmosphere was welcoming to you out there that you could be yourself or did you feel like you had to go into a different character to possibly win this show oh i definitely had the code switch here in there trust me <laughs> um <laughs> there were moments where you know at Baby, certain... what's what's code switching <laughs> <laughs> so so code switching for the listeners who may not know um which i don't know uh predominantly what your audience is but uh oh they know Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, For those switching, new listeners, uh, right, right, right. You, you've kind of got to. You, you're being yourself, but you're being your most uh, um, a professional self or cleanly self, um, because other cultures may not be able to um, relate to your authenticity. I think I explained that pretty well. Yeah, sometimes they can't handle all the blackness. <laughs> exactly. There we go. But at the same time, I knew when to bring that stuff out. I knew when to be authentically black Davy Rickenbacker. Like there was, I would do that in the confessionals because no one's watching me. You know, I'm only doing it for the camera. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, grew my fan base um, because those people, as I finished the show, they really loved me in those confessionals. I think there was uh, one time, this is one of my favorite ones, uh, where um, they had to evacuate us because we were living in a freaking, uh, what do you, it's not a hurricane, tsunami. Yeah, 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 a tsunami. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was literally, um, that's, that's still not what it's called, but something like a tsunami was going on and um, they had to evacuate us. And they, they're, they're giving me a confessional while there's rain coming down, there's limbs falling. And I'm like, I turn around, I'm like, Joe, I'm ready to go get my black ass out of here. <laughs> so look, I knew when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And they actually put that in the episode, would you believe it or not? <laughs> But yeah, man, all, all in good fun. <laughs> and, and they had to evacuate y'all from the island for that? Yeah, dude. Um, they evacuated us twice in the game. Now, they didn't show that really in the show. Um, but at some point, there was just literally, it, it's, I can't think of what it's called. I think it's called, it starts with a T. But literally, whatever type of storm it was out there it was the equivalent of a, uh, a hurricane in, in the States. So mm -hmm. literally, I, 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 I survived a, a, a hurricane, a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you went out there and survived more than you thought you was going to survive more than I ever would have thought it was and do. And that's one thing now, man. Now it's like after you did this show, now I'm chasing that high, which I need to 
kind of calm it down a bit because on my uh uh on my COVID birthday, I went skydiving, chasing that thrill, man. It's it's just one of those things. Once you once you do it, you want that feeling again. <laughs> right. So you talked a little bit about the physical standpoint on how the show changed you. How did it change you from a mental standpoint when you were on the show? Did you start feeling more anxious, depressed, or mm-hmm. agitated? Because mm-hmm. I know it takes a lot of out of you being on that show. Mm-hmm. Dude. Um, so, and I can, I, I'm glad you're here. I can sell this to you. And this is the, this is the uh, explanation I tell to a lot of people. And some people don't get it because they're not Greek, but because you're Greek, you're going to get it. Dude. Yeah. Survivor is, and for all the Greek listeners, um, first of all, let me just say Kappa Alpha Psi is a non-hazing uh, organization. But if it was, let me just let you uh, think about how uh, this analogy will work. Everything is in quotation marks. So <laughs> <talk about> this. <laughs> right, right, right. So look, dude, I always tell people Survivor is like pledging a fraternity without them putting their hands on you. So it's all mental. Imagine, you know, just if you can imagine it, imagine pledging a fraternity and everything is mental. Nothing is physical. That was survivor for me, dude. That was, you know, trying to figure out if these people are lying to me, trying to figure out if I'm, I'm doing the right thing so that production, you know, continues to help me get far in the game. Um, you know, reading these clues and reading these riddles and trying to make sure they're not things that are, are placed in the game to get my black ass out of here just for TV. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's a, I don't know if I can cuss on your podcast, but it's a mind F. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, um, even with the physical, that something that I wanted to mention that I forgot, um, the most grueling thing out there, and this kind of could tie in with the mental health as well, as well was chafing. Experiencing chafing as an adult on Survivor is the freaking worst. So imagine you're going through that while you're having people lie to you, while you're lying to people. Trust me, it, Survivor was fun, but it had its moments. <laughs> right, right. So what did you witness in other people or anybody on the show that you feel like was having kind of mental breakdowns, being oh, away man. from their friends, being away from their family? You're trying to go to sleep and hear somebody crying in the oh, distance. Oh man, dude, there was so much of that. Even even there was there was even some romance kindling out there, which is very Ooh. weird. Um, because you know, well, we won't go too much into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Um, so there were a couple parents out there with me, and you know, they were missing their kids here and there, but that's the thing. People know how to play this game. They know you're not really supposed to wear your emotions on your sleeves. So I didn't know this was happening out there while I was there. But once I watched the episodes back, I could see that people were going through it in their confessionals, crying, missing their children, uh, doing certain things. Like I played Survivor for me. I don't I don't have a family. I mean, I don't have an immediate family outside of, you know, my parents and my brothers, but I don't have my own family all all i've got is my siberian husky rufio so i was just playing for me and him you know but these people were out there playing for their uh their their wives their children and i think that's one thing that if i was to uh go back again that i hope i experienced because i'm not i you know it's like having a different experience and i think sometimes that that little bit of drive could have helped push me a little more further towards the end okay 
you feel like you were accurately portrayed on the show when you went back and looked at it like, man, that's not what happened or that's not what I did. Dude, this is a great segue to that story I was going to tell you about George with the during the George Floyd uh, um, in the wake of George Floyd. So believe it or not, and you don't realize this immediately because everyone's their own worst critic with these things. Um, so at first, I was thinking maybe they were forcing me to be the comic relief uh, just because I was the black guy and they were trying to pit hold me into that. But as the game continued, they showed my strategic paralysis as well. So I am probably out of all of the black people who have gone on Survivor, I'm probably one of the ones that, you know, had one of the better edits. And I say that to say Survivor has had a history of not giving great edits where you know, they would have black women on there and they would steamroll them into having attitudes. They would have black men on there and they would steamroll them into kind of being the workhorse or kind of being, you know, difficult to work with. Um, and so because of all of that, you know, we tried to take momentum from the George Floyd movement and us, the black alumni, we got together and we started a petition. And on that petition, we had a number of things that we wanted CBS to address. Uh, the stereotypes, um, uh, the, the ratio when it came to uh, blacks versus whites versus other minorities. Um, you know, even not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera as well. Having more black mm -hmm. people in production, um, having more black people in the medical area, you know, because even with the psychologists that we have out there, you know, you want to be able to talk to somebody that looks like you. Some things you can't say, uh, you know, that's, you know, that, you know, in the I medical field, some things mm -hmm. you can't say, you feel better when, when you see someone that looks like you and you can open up to them. So we started this petition and we got so many signatures, dude. We got so many signatures that CBS granted us a meeting. We had a meeting with them. And what we were asking for was 30% or more uh, black uh, indigenous people of color on the, on the, on, the, on the show, and they did even better than that, dude. So from now on, Survivor and Big Brother and The Amazing Race and all shows on CBS have to now, all reality shows, have to now cast 50% Black, Indigenous, or people of color on all of their seasons, dude. So, wow. Wow. yeah, man. So, you know, RIP George Floyd, that momentum, um, Breonna Taylor, that momentum got us to, uh, you know, hit them where hit them where we thought that we could, you know, actually make some uh, change happen. And it came great on the other side. That's what's up. That's what's up. I applaud y'all for going to do that and taking that initiative and steps to do that. And Absolutely. I'm sure it's going to affect other people on those other shows in the future where they may be possibly mm -hmm. be able to win those shows just because mm -hmm. of the change in the background. Oh, dude, it's our, it's already changing. Um, the last season's winner was uh, a Filipino uh, Canadian uh, woman that won. And, you know, we had never, there has been 42 seasons of Survivor. There had never been an Asian woman to win Survivor. So that, you know, change that we made has really made a difference. Okay. Speaking of winners and losers, <laughs> we know you didn't come out as the winner, but you lasted really long on the show. Yes, yes. Are yes. you proud of how you did on the show overall? Dude, I'm so immensely proud of how I did on the show. Um, you know, I watch these reality shows and um, 
you know, it's like when someone who's not black gets voted, when someone who's, when there's no more black people in the game, I probably, you know, just stop watching because I need to see somebody out there. And I was great. I was glad to be that last, you know, black person in the game throughout the whole game to give little kids a chance to, you know, see representation out there just like I did. Um, and, and, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not lying here where I said I did a little better than the person that inspired me. So who knows? The next person that comes through from Orangeburg, South Carolina, who was rooting for Davey Rickenbacker might take home the prize. Um, um, but yeah, man, I, I, I won challenges. I found um, uh, advantages in the game. I made a best friend out there. I made a family out there. And I was authentically myself, dude. And, I, and so much so. That after the season, I don't know if you've heard of, I don't, well, you probably know the artist Sia. She's an Australian singer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she watches, she's a fan of Survivor. And because she, she, she saw that I was authentic to myself and my religion, she reached out to me and she gave me $15,000 just because of that. Wow. So that's wow. that on top of the prize money that I won from Survivor, which we're not supposed to tell you, but everybody gets paid. I didn't mm. really have to work for a year after that show. Um, but, <laughs> dude, so all that. So, man, like I said, uh, it was a great experience. Would I do it again? In a heartbeat. <laughs> okay. See, if you're listening, I am authentic as well. I will settle for $5,000. i am not going to be greedy like David. <laughs> I will only settle for five, and I'm giving you medical information. So, dude, hey, you, just, look, you just remind me, man. I gotta give you your props. If it wasn't for you, I might not have even been on Survivor. Because what the listeners don't know is Randy's my doctor. So I had to go to him in order to get the physical, in order to get my paper signed so that I could go on Survivor. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that it was a black doctor so that they knew, you know, how serious this is to me and that I could get through all of the parameters correctly. Um, where who knows? Um, maybe if it was another doctor, they might not have seen you know, that this was a big deal to me or are seeing that, you know, I, you know, may, maybe didn't, I don't know, you know, you never know, man, but yeah. I'm just happy that I got with Randy and he was able to get me on through. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Here oh, I am yeah. today. It's all love, man. I was going <laughs> through that paperwork. It's like any tattoos or brands <laughs> or something. He's like, yeah, I got some. Like, oh, what you got? Oh, okay. Shoot. I'll do the secret handshake right quick. Make sure we're both good. Like, okay. All right. So shout out to the noobs. That's yes. right. Yo, to the noobs, yes. man. <laughs> so you said you would get on again if you had the opportunity. Have you yeah, been man. trying to get back on? Like, what, what is the process with that? So the 2020 and the pandemic kind of really uh, stopped a lot of production when it, like Survivor was gone for like two years because of mm -hmm. the pandemic. And um, since those two years and since we started our petition, the show has kind of gone into a different direction. And the host of the show kind of wants to create this new legacy, um, you know, with the 50 percent BIPOC rule and with they shortened the amount of days on Survivor because of the pandemic. So right now, I don't know if Survivor is going to be giving us any calls for second chances right now. In the future, I'm sure, maybe season 50 or so, they'll do a Legends or a second chance or something like that. But right now, you know, I have my heights, uh, you know, on other shows. Um, I was on the Steve Harvey show last year. Um, you know, I uh, it was a dating sequence. It was, it was a good, a little fun little uh, banter between me and him. Once he found out I was a Kappa, he was hating a little bit. You know how Steve Harvey is. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I, I've 
been applying to, uh, you know, always applying to other shows. Like, public health is my passion. However, I think that, you know, this, this era of, you know, social media and being able to be an influencer and make money off of that and, you know, being able to go on reality TV and make money off of that. I think that's that's a, a, a area for me that where I could really excel in. I could really, you know, uh, um, even with, you know, my my career and assets in public health, but combined with that, you know, make a good living off of it. Uh, you also know I do some voice acting now um, and, and that's some things that uh, has propelled since the show. So it's like this show has given me so many opportunities that, you know, the sky is the limit, man. And, and of course, why wouldn't I do it again? Right, right. More opportunities than you expected. More opportunities. No, you know what? I, like I said, I'm real big on being intentional, real big on manifesting. I, you know, I think that these opportunities have always been in the back of my mind. I, I think that, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen for me, but I know that they're going to come in, you know, and, and be there for me, whatever they are. So, yeah, we're talking about business opportunities, not business opportunities, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that, too. But <laughs> that's another podcast. One <laughs> we'll say that for on call after dark. I mean, I'm proud of you. All the things that you've done and coming back from Survivor. We'll we'll let people. Do you want to tell where where you finished yet, or you want to just kind of leave it hanging out there so, so um, people go and watch the show? Well, I'll just say yes. I I'm I will. I'm in every episode. Okay, I'll say that. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're gonna wrap this up with the last few questions. This is Randy's random questions. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's get it. All right, David, we got you on the hot seat for Randy's random questions. If you could be on any other reality show besides what you've been on, give us the top two that you would hope to be on. It could be something that was not even on anymore. If you yeah. could go back and be on I Love New York, <laughs> if you could be on uh, Real World, Roll Rules Challenge, <laughs> what would Davey want to be on? <laughs> Dude, if I could be on any reality show, um, of course, you know, I'm a single bachelor here in Atlanta. I'd love to be, you know, a prominent bachelor on The Bachelor. You know, they haven't had too many black bachelors on that show. Um, and, you know, they have uh, women fighting for your love. Now, maybe not fighting for your love, but, you know, trying to, you know, get your love. That, that'd be pretty mm -hmm. cool, man. <laughs> um, and I feel like those shows, they get more of a fan base than these competition shows. So I think that would be something cool for me. Um, the second one. So I, I told you my passion is public health, but I actually went to Tuskegee to become a veterinarian. Um, that didn't happen because you know how careers work and you mm -hmm. got some other ways, but I would love to just be in some type of a long-term goal of mine is to be, um, is to, uh, be a dog trainer for dog shows. So I would love to be like in, uh, uh, something for animal planet, like a dog show or something like that, I think would be really cool. You know, be a debonair Kappa out there <laughs> with whatever, you know, clean, uh, breed that I have. I think that's something that I could excel in. 
Okay, well, that's what's up. Tell yeah. us, tell us quickly about your dog. What's his name? Rufio. <laughs> yes, man, my dog Rufio out there. He's probably uh, hearing because he's literally right there. He's probably right there listening. Um, he's a Siberian Husky. Um, I actually used to breed Siberian Huskies for a while. Uh, I interned in Alaska when I was at Tuskegee, and I just fell in love with the breed out there. But that's my best friend. I actually put him down as my loved one um, for my visit on Survivor, but they sent my mom and. Instead, which was okay. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of personality does Rufio have? Oh uh, man, he's 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 kind of like a cat, honestly, dude. He he <laughs> he marches to the beat of his own drum. If he don't want to be touched, he's gonna get get out of the way. He doesn't really want to be around me too long. But whenever we're doing exercising and stuff like that, that's when we're in our elements, you know, running and everything together. But uh, he's not a barker really like that much. He's just cool calm and collective just like his pop <laughs> okay if he's like a cat i hope you don't kill you while you're sleeping that's what right, I think exactly. all cats do right. they're just looking at you mm-hmm. like, yep. wait till you <laughs> when i taste <laughs> i'm gonna kill you all right use one word to describe mike white oh god Uh, (laughs) (laughs) one word to describe mike white Uh, so i'm gonna let you give a little background on who mike white (laughs) is okay 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 the listeners can understand why why i said that name and he and he had a good pause (laughs) right there he didn't expect that one (laughs) i did not so mike white um he's a hollywood producer you remember when i was talking about the goliaths and who they had on their tribe Mike White is a Hollywood producer. He wrote uh, Zombieland. He wrote the Emoji movie. He wrote uh, this show on HBO called The White Lotus that's really good. Um, And now, although we are friends now, when we're on the island, you know, we had a bit of a rivalry then, and he's kind of responsible for being the one that got me off the show. So one word. That's his his arch nemesis. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I'm going to say one word. Um, in the mindset of me on the island, one word for Mike White is manipulative. And I'm going to say manipulative because he had all of these uh, non-black folk out there, you know, so famished with, you know, so interested in who he was because he was a Hollywood producer. I didn't know who this guy was until oh, after I got off the show. Exactly. So, to where he was able to have them wrapped around his finger because they probably thought that they'd be in a movie someday. So, And not only that, but he was just Probe's friend. So, you know, but hey, we buddies now. Mike, if you're listening to this, uh, hope I can still use your uh, uh, penthouse in Hawaii someday. <laughs> <laughs> what word would you use to describe him now? So you use the word <laughs> off the island. What word would you pick now? He's definitely a caring person. Um, okay. You know, you, you think that somebody with such high status would, you know, be standoffish after the show. But no, we still text about the shows. Uh, you know, we still have meetups here and there, actually, after our um after our season, we did a meetup in New Orleans where he threw us this big party. Uh, you had uh, uh, Aubrey. Uh, I can't think of Aubrey's last name, but the Graham. Aubrey, Y'all had Jackson? Yes. Uh, no, 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 not him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey, Aubrey uh, from from Parks and Rex. She was there. Okay. Um, it was at uh, Stifler's mom's house. I can't even think of her name. So you know, got to meet a few celebrities because of Mike. Uh, he's a caring dude, man, and. Um, you know, I can't wait for uh, the White Lotus season two 
supposed to come out this summer. So check that out. Okay. Last question. Mm -hmm. So you like to do cosplay. Yes, sir. <laughs> if there was one character that you could dress up as for the rest of your life, <laughs> who would that character be? Dude, okay, so you said you can dress walk up around as Blade the rest of your life. You can be <laughs> super black Superman, whoever you want to be the rest um, of your life. You you walking in the church, you dressed up as right. Black Panther, like wow. that's that's you. You stuck like that the rest of your life. Um. Okay, so there's a lot that goes into this. I wouldn't want to be. Uh, a cosplay with a mask on because I would want people to see my face. You know, I I, I want to be clean cut because you know I'm a noob. I care mm -hmm. about my appearance. Let's see, what character is like that? But I want to look cool too. Mm -hmm. I think I would be Bishop from the X Men. That okay. way I could change my hairstyle up sometimes. Maybe I do a Jerry curl. Maybe I do some braids because he changes his hair here and there. I get to walk around with a gun. I got a little cape on and, you know, <laughs> and, and I got this cool uh, uh, something over my eye. You know what Bishop is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got this scar over his eye. He, yeah, uh, yeah, man. I'm traveling stuff. Right. Oh, and look, if I had his powers too. Oh, ooh, look at you. Man. <laughs> You just couldn't dress like him. Now you want to travel back in time. You right. know, you, you know we can't go that far back in right. time. You gotta go forward. Gotta go forward. Forward, right? Nineteen eighty and beyond. That's 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 when we good. Right. Yes, yes. All right. So we'll let you off the hot seat, Newt. I appreciate you sitting down and talking with me, sharing some good information about you being on the show. Go ahead if you want to throw out all your social media stuff so people yeah, can follow man. you online. I know you're the social media king over there. Absolutely. That's so funny because my chapter calls me the social media guru. I actually run our fraternity's page, too. But yeah, man. So um, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Davey. You can follow me on Twitter at I tweet Davey. Uh, TikTok, I'm Survivor Davey. Um, and if you want any voiceover work, uh, visit my website at www.daveyrickenbacker.com. And, you know, guys, I'm out here. Uh, hopefully you'll see me on a television screen near you. All right. Sounds good. Y'all make sure to go check him out on Netflix, too, as well. Right. His Survivor season is on there. We're not going to spoil it and tell you when he gets off the show, but he's on there long enough that it's watchable. And right. As right. You can yes, tell yes. he's very engaging and entertaining that you're going to want to make sure you watch and see him on the show. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. All right, man. Wow, that was a great interview with Davey Rickenbacker. And for those who don't know, Bishop is an X-Men character. X-Men are comic book characters, so if you don't know, Bishop is one of the X-Men characters. Google him so you can see what he looks like, so you can kind of picture Davey as that character. Make sure you all go follow Davey on social media and check out his season of Survivor on Netflix. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with others and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast. The first person to leave a comment and send me a screenshot on my IG will get a free copy of my book or a t-shirt from my website. So check out my website if you want a t-shirt. 
and you're one of the first people to send me a screenshot of your comment on whatever platform you're listening to my podcast on. Yes, we're giving out free things over here. So send me that screenshot and I'll send you something. Next week, we'll be talking about vitamins, which ones that do and which ones that don't show benefit in your health. I know a lot of people are looking forward to this episode and I'm looking forward to giving out information on vitamins. So have your alerts on for when this podcast releases next week. I'll see you all next week. And as always, stay healthy physically and mentally. Hey, Cookie Monster, where's my cookie? Um, me ate it. Me ate it a long time ago. <sighs> I can't win over here. I guess that's not part of me staying healthy eating that cookie. So I'll see y'all next week.